Graham and his gorgeous wife, Beck, uh, are the lead pastors of Annasbrook Church. They live in Nelson with their five children. Five children. Crazy. Uh, these guys, Graham is one of New Zealand's leading communicators at the moment. I just love being able to hear him preach whenever he comes. I just love sitting under his teaching. And uh, I just think he's one of the best leaders uh, in our nation currently. And I cannot think of a better person to have come on our first day back from a sabbatical and be doing this with us. Uh, he's a great friend of ours. Can we church, would you stand to your feet with me and welcome Pastor Graham Heslop as he comes to share the Word today. How you doing? Grab a seat this morning. Are you doing good? You're looking good, sounding good. This church, can we put our hands together for this amazing team and band? Uh, I just wanna say something as we get started. Uh, there's a couple of things whenever I visit this church that I feel very uh, jealous, righteously jealous about, because jealousy is not always a good thing, but I think it's good. And that is, I've gotta say, your front of house mix, the way the sound is in this church. I've been to a lot of churches around New Zealand and let me tell you, all of them could learn a whole heap from what's going on in here. The sound is immaculate, it's amazing. Let's put our hands together for our amazing production teams. <laughs> I'll steal them, it's great. Love your church, your impact is going beyond you. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. We're hearing about the amazing things God is doing here. Uh, it is, uh, we're learning from it, we're leaning into it. Uh, Steve and Bex Green are amazing people, amazing leaders. We had Steve speak at Annersbrook uh, last year. He was incredible. Our church had sore necks. They're not used to looking up so high. Uh, <laughs> but just incredible. And so we, uh, we love you guys. We're totally honoured. I'm so honoured to be here today. Can we show your pastors some love? They're, um, they're gonna be... Next Sunday, next Sunday, I hear they've been inducted at the 10 a.m. service into this new leadership role. And so we'll be praying for that and believing for that. I, I actually called it the inception in the first service, which wasn't really the right phrase, was it? Their inception, but anyway. Uh, if we've never met before, you're missing out. Uh, this is a photo of my family. This is, uh, that's me on the right. So it didn't go down well at the first service either. And that's Rebecca on the left. Rebecca and I got married when we were, I was 18, she was 20, which means she's a cougar. That's what that means. <laughs> and uh, we've been married 22 years in March and uh, that's our five kids. Our youngest, Judah, we've got a Judah as well. I think it's a, it's a great name, but Judah, we were praying for Rebecca. She was going on a ministry trip to speak at a youth conference uh, last year. We gather, the whole fam gathers around us if we ever travel and uh, when we travel. And uh, we were praying for Rebecca and Judah said, I'd like to pray. Like, awesome, come on, let's go. And uh, he began to pray for, Lord, I just pray for mum. I just pray all the kids who listen won't be on their devices. And I did think that's rich coming from you. I did think that. I did, I honestly, I was like, that's rich, but whatever, I'll give you that one. And then he prayed this and it just, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I felt. I felt, felt sort of offended, but he prayed, Lord, I pray mum wouldn't cheat on dad when she's away. It's never been an issue, but you know, you just cover it in prayer. Hey, <laughs> just cover it in prayer. Uh, but that's our family. I want to talk about, I want to talk about an issue that um, 
listen, um, maybe it's just me, I'm not sure. But I, I, see, I see it in my own life and I think I see it in people around me as well. It's an issue in our world that has become quite significant. Um, Acts chapter eight speaks to it. I wanna speak to it if I can. Uh, I'm gonna read from the message translation and let's see what the, what the Holy Spirit might say to us this morning. Acts chapter eight, later God's angel spoke to Philip. At noon today, I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. He got up, he went. He met an Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. He was riding in a chariot, reading the prophet Isaiah. So that's a scroll at this time. Um, That's a scroll. And he's reading the the words of Isaiah, prophetic messages and prophetic feelings about what's to come and what God's gonna do. And Philip goes, do you understand what you're reading? And he answered, how can I without some help? Which by the way, I reckon is a really good place to start 2020. If you didn't if you didn't end 2019, the end of that decade at your best, why don't you be like this guy today and work out, I, I, th- I think I need some help. We all need help and humility opens the door to what God can do in the most stuck situations, as you will see. Philip um, says, what's the passage? He reads, as a sheep led to slaughter, as quiet as a lamb, these are Isaiah's words, uh, being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down. He never got a fair trial, but now who can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? The eunuch said, tell me, who is the prophet talking about? Is it about himself or someone else? Philip took the chance. Using this passage, he preached Jesus to him. As they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water and the eunuch is so like, he is just like totally uh, on a journey and he goes, can I get baptised right now? And he goes, let's do it. So they went down to the water, Philip baptised them on the spot and they came up out of the water and the Spirit of God suddenly takes Philip off. And we know that he, this, is a, this is a Star Trek moment. He has just been, been me up Scottied. He's, he's literally put back in a different space where time and travel won't allow. Now this is how it ends, okay? The eunuch, that was the last the eunuch saw of him, but he didn't mind. He had what he'd come for. He went on down the road as happy as could be. The eunuch had what he'd come for and he went on down the road as happy as could be. I wanna speak about for a few moments a happy eunuch, the happy eunuch, because I think we've all been there. I think we've all had bad days before. This message is not about putting your head in the sand and ignoring your emotions. That is a very unchristian thing to do. To ignore your emotions to the detriment of your spirit and soul is a very foolish thing to do. But I don't know what you've done on a bad day. I, I had one of these recently. Um, I, I, I thought to myself, it was a particularly bad day. So a few things didn't go right. So I thought at the end of it, before I go home, I wonder what I could do that could just make me feel a little more happy. So I have a, I, I don't think it's a definitive list, but it is, it's a good starting point. And so I just read it to you. There's, you know, I could quote your verses, but I don't know if it would help. Um, I just start with chicken tikka masala. You know, I don't see where the verse is, but I'm sure it's in there. And it needs to have a little bit of spice. You know, I'm not into this Indian with no spice. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Uh, Netflix, problem is you now spend more time looking for something to watch than actually watching it. Disney Plus, same. How many things are we gonna be subscribed to by the end of this life? It is out of control. I don't know what these are, but I wrote them down. Pedicure, manicure, fake eyelashes, 
fake eyes. I don't know what they are, but. Oh, oh, you can go to the gym. Oh, oh, you could not go to the gym. <laughs> you could watch planes, catch a plane. You could, I don't advise it, hijack a plane, but that's the last plane you're ever gonna go on. You could go to Fiji. You could buy one of those, and I just put a big blank there, because there's often something that we wanna buy that we think, oh, 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 that could, that could be that thing. That could be what makes me happy. And you know what I went with in the end? What I actually went with is I opened an app on my phone called YouTube. You might've heard of it. And I Googled, I Googled, I searched in YouTube the handshake between Richie McCourt and John Key at the final of the 2011 World Cup. And I watched it five times, guys, and I felt happy. <laughs> I just did. I just felt like the load had been lightened. But, but I, I, I've noticed something about me and I've, I think I'm noticing it about the world that that's happening more and more, that we've equated certain things that need to happen before our optimal happiness gets experienced. It's become more conditional, um, more reliant, sort of like milestones. Parents in the room, you're like, when my kids reach this age, it's gonna be a lot better, a lot happier. And then you reach it and you're like, shivers. I thought that was gonna be totally different than it was. And if you've got teenagers in the room, you know now you're not just a nappy changer, now you're a sociologist, you're a financier, you are now like trying to organise their lives and sort their headspace out. It is out of control. And, and, and that's how our happiness can be too. Our happiness can unfortunately be totally conditional. If we're looking for reasons why we can't be happy, we're not gonna look much past an Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, pretty amazing. Philip is a guy, a disciple who has become one of the followers of Jesus and the Spirit of God wakes him up one morning and says, all right, Philip, today's mission is, I want you to go do this. And I wanna propose that the Holy Spirit is still doing that today. And we are Philip, <laughs> each one of us. We might be a female version, Philippa, but we are the disciple that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to. So he says, there'll be a guy riding a chariot, go down to this road. And, and he obeys. And how good is obedience for opening the door to the next thing? I preached about obedience to our church last week. And I said that actually obedience, I think it's one of the secret keys, the, the secret source to the kingdom. God doesn't always give you the full picture. He just wants to know whether you're willing to step out on what He gave you now. And I often think people get stuck at the level of their last um, act of obedience. If you're wondering why you're stuck in your walk with God, it could be where you didn't do what He asked you to do last. So anyway, he does it. Here's a eunuch reading Isaiah. And he's like, oh, I don't understand it. Philip's like, yo, can I help you? Yeah, come up here. And there's a conversation, we don't read all of it, but it's gonna have the Gospel. It's gonna have stuff like this. Um, Mr. Eunuch, um, God has come through Jesus and the law of do, do, do has been replaced by Jesus's done, done, done. Uh, Mr. Eunuch, the law has been fulfilled by this new king who, who's now got a kingdom and, and we are now under grace. A dangerous grace, a radical grace, but it's gonna do some stuff. And it ends with this crazy thing. He's like, baptise me right now. Like I'm in, I, this is what I've been looking for. And it finishes with that statement. And I was just so challenged in my devotions, verse 38, that the eunuch went away as happy as could be. I, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 17. I grew up in a Christian family, but that was a real surrender moment. A, a moment where I was giving my all to Jesus. 
And boy, did I need it. I got myself into a bit of a pickle. I got myself into a situation. And I'm thinking, reading verse 38, if I look back to 17 to now, could I say the same about me? Been married 22 years. Can I say the same about me? I'm trying to raise kids with my wife. Can I say the same about me? That, that I, through Jesus, I'm as happy as could be. It's a big challenge. For us, I think that um, there's a challenge and we probably need to unpack this a bit. What the heck is a eunuch? Let's go Wikipedia for a minute. I don't wanna assume on anyone. Um, A eunuch is generally a male who at a very early age has been castrated. Now, if you don't know what that means, you need to ask your mum or Harold the giraffe, which is pretty much the same thing now. (laughs) That is, anyway. Uh, it, it's what's happened is um, it's actually a form of slavery. So the parents of the child have either got into financial strife, you read it and study it, and they can't get themselves out of it. So to pay, they give over a newborn child. And then the slave, um, this guy, that or person that they owe money to, takes the child and the castration is to stop the child wanting to progress. They believe that the, the molecular structure would be changed and progress and purpose and advance and, and all those things would dissipate. Plus, they're never gonna have kids, so they're not gonna be attached to a family. These people will never earn money, okay? They'll never make a choice of their own determining their future. For all intents and purposes, because Abraham Lincoln has not arrived yet, this man will be a slave for the rest of his days. And he goes away happy, he can't be happy. There's too many things wrong with him. He, he's got too many limits. There's too many restrictions. He can't be happy. If anyone is gonna be happy, it's this other man in Matthew 19. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do? Key word. When you ask a certain question of God, he does actually, he's polite enough to answer you in a certain way. What, what have I got to do? What have I, what, what have I got to ha- have in my behaviour? What, what's it going to look like for me to get eternal life? Jesus says, why do you ask me about what's good? The only one who is good, there, there's only one. And if you want to enter life, do, in the category of do, then you keep the commandments. Which ones, he said? Jesus gave him a list. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, so forth. All of these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Good question. Real good question. And Jesus comes with the answer and says, listen, what you really need to be perfect is to sell your possessions, give to the poor, and then you're gonna have a treasure in heaven. Do this, then come follow me. But verse 22 says, when the young man, and and the title, guys, of this is rich, young ruler. When the young man heard this, he went away sad. He went away sad. So on one hand, we've got this guy who has less than nothing, not even his own personal freedom, and he goes away happy. And then we've got another guy who has everything. He has influence, he has resources, he has power, and he goes away sad. What's going on? What's happening? We need to know. We really, really need to know in 2020 what this is. Because if you eliminate, basically create a list, eliminate all the factors, External factors, for example, their health, finances, position in society, they all contradict each other. There's actually only one factor and one distinction between them, only one. 
And that one thing, guys, is something that we easily forget about. And that one thing is actually what the world is looking for today. That one thing is this. One had Jesus and one did not. I think there should be a better amen than that. Like one actually connected with their Creator and one didn't. One was born again from their spirit out. That's what it means when Jesus comes into your life. The eunuch has experienced his spirit coming alive. It kind of feels like for the first time ever, you really feel like a human being. The best way to describe it, you feel free, you feel clean, you feel like, oh my gosh, there is future and hope because there's love that has been wrapped around my life. And honestly, guys, honestly, I think that we think that stuff and things and, and for the rich young ruler, moral perfection. That's a real trap. That's a religious, legalistic trap that if I behave myself for long enough, God will smile on me. Well, guess what? You, your behaviour was not the thing that was needed on the day of Calvary. On Calvary, what was needed was a total transformation and revolution that came by the blood of Jesus. And as has been said, it is not about behaviour modification, it's about heart transformation. And that is what Jesus brings, Psalm 1611. There is fullness of joy in the presence of God forever and pleasures at His right hand forevermore. Second Corinthians, Paul talks about a man. I think he was talking about himself in the third person, but I'm no scholar. And he said, there's a guy, he's had a vision and he went up into this level of heaven and hey, hey, what he saw, he has not been permitted to tell anyone about. For the intimacies and ecstasies that were seen were unutterable. What the heck is going on in heaven, guys? <laughs> what, seriously, what is going on in heaven? I don't think it's harps and clouds and halos. I think there is something going on that, that the church... Big C, and even this church, um, very big church, big C as well, but little C, alphabet, whatever. I think it's something that we're meant to be showing the world. I think there is a joy that marks in Acts chapter two, and Acts, yeah, you can clap, you can clap. Why is there a motorbike in there? Can I use it at lunch? That is really cool. Sorry, I get easily distracted, ADHD. In Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit arrives. What, what becomes of it? What's the marker? A little bit of chanting, a little bit of humming, a little bit of like, like, like some sort of conformity? No. Man, I'm shouting now. I'll tell you what marks Acts chapter two when the Spirit of God comes. Joy, joy. Wherever the presence of God, oh, now I'm moving fast. I've started yelling and moving fast now. Oh my gosh. When, when the presence of God comes, someone said a lot of Christians look like they've been baptised in lemon juice. That's the problem though. I, I, I just put this back on me for a minute. Sometimes I walk out in the community and I think, is there really any difference between me and them? Has, has anything really marked me? Like I'm not talking about go out and fake it till you make it. Although, you know, in life there is a little bit of faking it till you make it. It's called, it's called um, engaging yourself or initiating yourself into, you know, a, a, a positive frame of mind and so forth. It's in the Gospels, it's in the Scripture. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about eunuchs everywhere, finding hope in a, in a Saviour that has totally left us as happy as could be. Like, like it looks like we're searching for happiness everywhere. Like, like, it's not on everyone's bios, but it kind of is. 
You know, like this morning was so cool. Like here's the Instagram and then here's the real me, you know? And, and that dichotomy is a real issue because, because we're searching for happiness. Did anyone grow up visiting their grandparents like before the world went global and you lived kind of in a community and grew up around them? Anyone grew up around your grandparents? Just show hands. Okay, did anyone's grandparents make them soldiers toast a boiled egg that was just slightly runny and yeah, give me a show of hands. It might've been a real New Zealand thing, I'm not sure. I don't really know. Um, but that, that's what happened. And I would spend a lot of time at my grandparents. And when I sat down at their table, I never saw them look at each other with a glance going, why aren't we happy? I never heard them say once, we need to find happiness. They grew veggies in a glass house. Pretty sure that's all they grew because they did pay off their mortgage early. <laughs> I, I say this, <laughs> I say this, I say it because the search for happiness, guys, is not an ancient thing. Yeah. Like, like it's, 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 it's really new. Do you know that in um, 2014, the FDA, that, that's, the, that's basically the Food and Drug Administration of America, they published statistics that as of 2014, so this is five, six years ago now, 10 million children were on prescribed antidepressants in the States. Just let that hit you for a minute. 10 million children in the States on prescribed, this is six years ago, I'm guessing it hasn't got better. The youngest ever in that report was four years old. Just let that touch you for a moment. What it means is, the harder we search for happiness, the less we seem to have it. Yeah. It's like the more I pursue it, the less it is within my grasp. Yeah. And that is why the best way to start to land this message is to say this, we must not forget that the eunuch was not searching for happiness. Yeah. He was in a chariot, cool, I really want one. <laughs> he was reading the scroll of Isaiah, how the heck did he get his hands on it? He's a, he's a slave. How did he get the Word of God? They weren't mass produced. Like there's people in this room today and the app hasn't been open for ages, no condemnation. But here's a guy, it sounds like it though, eh? <laughs> it's like, why did you say it then? Just power and control, whatever. But, but here he is. He doesn't have apps, he doesn't have internet and he wants to know something. Are you ready for it? Who is this God? Why did He send His Son? And what does it mean to me? He's not searching for happiness. He is searching for God. Oh, I'll say it another way. He's seeking God. He's on the hunt. Who is this God? I've only got a little bit of time and I didn't tell the first service this. We got, um, we got the most amazing miracle and it might sound like nothing, whatever. We got a boat in October last year. And the reason we got a boat, I grew up boating, but I always used my dad's boat. But with five kids, you can just imagine it's like, sinking. <laughs> it's like, it's, there's no, you need the inter-island ferry, you know, that's literally. So we outgrew it and I said two years ago to Beck, we're going to have a new boat by this time, just faith. And then I didn't know how it was going to work. So I started looking and I didn't have the money lined up, but I just started looking. And then suddenly this money got, um, came our way, this money. And we were able to buy a boat. And I was sitting in this boat and I'm thinking about this two-year thing and this dream, and it's a bay liner with a, with a bow rider, and it's like perfect setup for all my kids' wakeboard, and they love it. And we love it, and it's a family thing we do. But I sat in this boat, and I'm sitting there going, number one, thank you, Lord, so much 
this is the most amazing thing that you don't have to do this. Who cares about a boat? Apart from we cared about a boat and, and you made a way. Ready for number two? Because it's just as shocking. And I feel no happier than I did yesterday by possessing this boat. Do you know where I feel my happiest? It's not even on this platform. I don't feel happiest doing this. Where I feel my happiest is when I sit at the feet of Jesus and His presence fills my heart. I, that, right, okay, hold up, hold up. That sounded like a thing a preacher would say. I'm, I'm legit. Better than a Bayline of Capri, 1850. When I sit at the feet of Jesus, better than preaching, better than being invited, better than all these things, I have never experienced joy like I have when I've sat at His feet. When I, when I just sit there in His presence, isn't that what got you here today? Isn't that what caused you to give your life to Him? Wasn't it a reality that He loves you and that He died for you? And isn't that what the world needs today? A group of people who are marked by joy. The thing is that the joy comes, if we look at the eunuch story, one way, by surrender. Because, because that's not my pursuit. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm after, after God. I'm seeking God. A couple of questions I'm gonna throw out there. What would 2020 look like for you to seek God? The person of God, not the idea of God. What would it look for you like this week? What's it gonna look like for you to really go, okay, who is this God? What does He have for me? But I know the answer to that because in 1984, He did this thing in this camp. No, I'm talking about 2020. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about the presence of God on your life. When was the last time you really surrendered? When, when you said, you can have it all. Because I found in you something so precious that it's worth all of my life. Is that the Gospel still today in Botany, Auckland? Is that the Gospel still today in our lives? And how beautiful and gracious He is this King that comes in as soon as we surrender. I'll tell you one last piece to the story. Because did you know that it was the eunuch who then took the Gospel to the continent of Africa? Did you know this was the first touch of the Gospel the entire continent of Africa had? Did you know that? It just simply says this, a happy eunuch is more powerful than anything else. And, and, and I think that maybe people in this room, your business feels a little bit like a challenge as big as Africa. Your parenting feels like a continent unsurmountable. Your, 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 your situation or circumstance or your health or whatever. Let me tell you this, joy will bring the touch of God and joy will bring His presence and His presence will begin to change things around you. Bring back the joy, bring back the joy. I feel like a rapper, bring back the joy. I don't look like one, bring back the joy. Bring back the joy, I'm too white. Bring back the joy. In Jesus' Name. Would you stand to your feet, everybody? What, what, what really we're gonna do in this moment is just have an opportunity for all of us again today to surrender. I surrender to You, Lord Jesus. I surrender to You. You might do it every day. That's all good. I surrender to You, Lord Jesus. Grace rushes in like an incoming tide 
covering everything that is broken, everything that is wrong, everything that doesn't work where there is surrender. Yielding is the doorway to the presence, to the power. Right now, would you close your eyes? Just relax, relax. And if you feel comfortable and you just feel that word on your heart today, we just lift a hand to God as just a sign of surrender, just yielding again. Might've been a few months since you lifted your hands. Let's lift them. I, I sense the presence of God in this room. Spirit, I just pray you'd help us to be people surrendered. People surrendered. Let joy fill every heart and every life today. I just pray right now that your spirit marks some people. Right now, right now all over this room, just mark a couple of people, Lord, afresh. From the inside out, it's got that sense that God's actually gonna do such a deep work today. Things that you said you needed to see happen before you would give Him permission to make you that way, happy, full of joy, whatever. I just see uh, something fresh coming upon you. Some of you are starting to feel, your hands are starting to get really warm. That's His presence coming upon you. I, I, I know we've got a time pressure, but I just don't want you to rush out of that moment. Come on, just receive today. There's a couple of really hungry people in this room. It's like you just walked into a major God moment. You just walked into a, God, you're speaking to me. Take, take the Word, take the Word, listen to the Word, do the Word, live the Word, seek Him. Lord, we seek You today with all of our heart. We seek You with our jobs, we seek You with our stuff, we seek You with our family, we seek You with our relationships, we seek You in our hobbies, we just seek You, Lord. We just thank You, Lord, You just, Jesus, You just infiltrate every part of who we are. We surrender all to You. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Just keep your hands lifted for, just I reckon, 30 more seconds and the Holy Spirit's just gonna do something. eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today and, and you are like an Ethiopian man searching for answers, that you're searching and searching and searching and no matter where you look, the answer doesn't seem to be present. Let me tell you today, the answer hung on a tree on a cross called Calvary, sent by God, God's Son, His name is Jesus. And He came with the answer that in His blood would be the forgiveness of sins, would be the freedom that we looked for, would actually make have the power to make our spirit new, a, a, a new creation altogether. And the Bible says that as Jesus travelled around, He would say, well, you know, why don't you repent and why don't you come follow Me? And in the book of Acts, it says a little bit differently. It says, what should I do to be saved? Saved as in whole, saved as in, as in a new creation. It just says, Repent and believe on the Name of the Lord or call on the Name of the Lord. One version goes on to say, you believe in your heart, 
that He is God. You believe in your heart that Jesus came for you, died for you, rose again. And then you call on that Name, out, literally out your mouth, saying, Jesus, I believe in You. Jesus, come into my life. The Bible says you too will be saved. And I just believe there's people here, either for the first time, you've never actually had an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to surrender all to Him. There's others here and you did, but for whatever reason you drifted, for whatever reason um, it got very monotonous, ritualistic. It became a, a form, a formula. But God is actually calling sons and daughters back to Him, to relationship. And that's the beautiful thing about the cross. It's not about what we do. It's not about how ultimately our track record, all of our track record is now put on Jesus. And all we need to do is believe. And all we need to do is in, by faith, receive what He's given us, eternal life and forgiveness. So all over this place this morning with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here, you don't know Him. If you're here, you don't have your own relationship with Him. If you're here and you actually need to surrender to Jesus, because if you're honest, there's, there's other stuff going on. There's churchy stuff or other stuff, but that intimate relationship, I believe in surrender and I believe God's calling us this morning to that. So this morning, I'm gonna pray a prayer that just includes us in that ability to say, Jesus, I believe and Jesus, I acknowledge You and I ask You into my life today. And I believe as we do that, something very powerful takes place and is gonna happen in this room and in your life. So eyes closed, heads bowed. If you're here today and you need to surrender, you're here today, you don't know Jesus, you're here today and you don't have your own relationship with Him on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up as high as it can go. I will acknowledge it, then you can put it back down. And then we're gonna pray this prayer together, all together. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. I thank You, Lord, You're stirring hearts. I thank You, Lord, for new creation flowing in this room right now. On the count of three. One, two, three, lift them up for me. Just lift it up as high as it can go, as high as it can go. Thank You, Lord, You see it today. God bless you over here, down there. God bless you up here and there and down there and over here. God bless you there, yep, there. Awesome, who else here? Who else just saying, yeah, Jesus, I need You. I've tried, yeah, over here. I've tried other things that are not working over here. So good, yep, God bless you. Hey, mate, you just saw me? Yeah, there's a mark on your life, a very significant mark on your life. God is calling you and set you apart. And He's gonna put His whole, put, just lift your hands to the Lord. I know if you've been to church, it's real cool to do that, just do it. But um, just close your eyes. Lord, just let the Holy Spirit fall on Him right now. Holy Spirit, fall on Him right now and do a deep supernatural work for, for your purpose. Anyone else really quickly? Just lift your hand if that's you. We're gonna pray this prayer. We're gonna pray this prayer of surrender this morning. Yeah, over here as well. Awesome. Okay, this is what we do back at home. So let's do it now. You can open your eyes and you can go bananas because people are giving their lives to Jesus this morning. They're saying yes to Jesus. How amazing. All right. Big loud voice, front to the back, left to the right. If you put up your hand, you just need to pray it from your heart. God will take care of the rest. Say, dear Heavenly Father. Oh no, 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 we're, gonna, we're, we're, coming to the, we're coming to a point in the service where we're giving all to Jesus. Come on, dear Heavenly Father, thank You today for Jesus, the author of salvation, gave His life for me on the cross. And in that blood that was poured out was the answer to all that I face. I ask You to make me new. I ask You to help me to walk with You, to know You and have a relationship with You. In Jesus' Name. Come on, Amen. Put your hands together. Amazing, amazing. 
church, can we thank Pastor Graham Hessler for an incredible word this morning?